there. Welcome to Rested Mamas Talk. We're Chelsea and Mika, your certified pediatric sleep coaches who were once exhausted mamas just like you turned into rested mamas who now have helped hundreds of families get better sleep in three days with an alternative to traditional sleep training. As creators of the Association Fading Sleep Method, we teach a responsive and holistic approach. Our podcast is dedicated to sharing the journey from true parental exhaustion to thriving parenthood. From real sleep tips, from us and other experts to real stories of families just like you. Let's get rested. Hello, it is Chelsea here and Mika. Hey, Mika. Hey, Chels. Welcome to another episode of our wonderful Rested Mamas Talk podcast. (laughs) Um, You know, this has really just been so enjoyable for us, and I can't wait to talk about what we're going to talk about today, because this is, again, something we frequently hear, (laughs) and that is, Mika, what is it? (laughs) We're going to talk about, I'm going to put this in quotations if you're reading, if you're listening to this on the podcast, bad sleepers. So how many times on a discovery call with us that we hear a family say, but just to warn you, I have a really bad sleeper. And so have you worked with somebody who has this bad of sleeper before? (laughs) That's another one we hear all the time. (laughs) So it's, it's funny because I always, you know, I always kind of tell families that, well, we don't get the good sleepers here. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, You're not talking to me because more. everything's going great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, I really do want to break that down a little bit because mm-hmm. there is so much to be said. And I think there's so much impacting a family in general when they actually say that. Yeah. Well, I think that there's also a lot of underlying just kind of emotions too outside of just like, I have a bad sleeper, quote unquote, right? You know, we've talked a lot about before, just honestly, how emotionally draining at times it can be. But you know, where I have heard a lot of that is when we also have had clients that have tried to do a sleep training before on their own and it wasn't as successful or had hoped to be as successful as what it ended up being. And so they're like, well, I've tried that. So I just have a bad sleeper, (laughs) right? Or, you know, my baby is 13 months old, Chelsea, and this is just kind of where I'm at. I highly doubt that things can change now. Is that something that you've heard before? The third category is my child doesn't even sleep in a stroller. Like I can't even get them to sleep assisted. And so I have a really bad sleeper. They just, they just don't want to go to sleep. They fight sleep. Even when I see that they're actually here today, even I see that they're really tired and that they're so exhausted, but they're just fighting me and fighting me and fighting me. So, but when, so when I hear that, there are a couple of things that kind of trigger in my mind. What triggers in your mind, Mika, <laughs> when you hear that? Because I always have a couple of like things like, hmm, okay, my like checks go off in my mind. <laughs> what are those for you? Totally. I mean, in general, when I hear bad sleeper, the first thing I want to, you know, say to a family is, first of all, it's not your fault because I know we're all thinking that. Uh, yeah. Right. We just talked about yeah. guilt a few episodes ago and uh, gosh, they're a really bad sleeper. Either something is wrong with my child 
-hmm. or something is wrong with whatever I'm doing. And the first thing I will say is there is nothing wrong. Wrong. Yes. The second thing that triggers in my mind is just that, I mean, maybe this is my optimistic self, is that I really don't believe there is a bad sleeper. There's just a certain amount of sleep and a certain approach, a certain method, a certain routine that just needs to fit to your child to help it be better for you. And we have to define that. Well, and that's actually what first comes in my mind is that, and I really want all of you to hear this is that there, from where I stand, you know, there's really no such thing as a bad sleeper. I never want parents to kind of get to the point where they kind of just throw up their, not throw up their hands, but kind of just get to a point where you're just kind of giving up and just, this is what it is. Okay. There is always a way and kind of an avenue to find better sleep. Okay. Even if your child is four years old, (laughs) even if your child is, you know, only sleeping on you, you know, whatever it is, I, I, I true. And I mean, Nick and I truly mean that, you know, we, more than anything, it is just a lot of detective work. (laughs) I feel like we are um, a little bit of baby detectives because a lot of times it is just one missing puzzle piece that we need to iron out to help you get to better sleep. So So for me, yeah, go for it. So I'm a, I'm a mom or a dad or, or I'm listening to this and I'm like, okay, (laughs) really? I mean, how do you know my child is not a bad sleeper? And like, what does it mean to n- that there are no bad sleepers? What is yeah. What do you mean by that? Well, so there are sleepers out there that are having sleep challenges or babies and kids that aren't sleeping as much as they should or need. That is true. But at the end of the day, sleep is needed for survival, right? So it is an innate thing that we we all need to do, including including your children. And so it's not that your child is just a bad sleeper or kind of incapable of having really good consolidated sleep, but rather it's more of finding the right routines and the right daytime schedule, how they're falling asleep, all of those things in order for them to meet those sleep needs, right? Um, you know, there's we talk about this all the time, right, Mika, about how sleep is like a cake, right, where there are so many ingredients that play into a child having really good, consistent and consolidated sleep. So I think a lot of times when we're looking and parents say, oh, I have a bad sleeper, it's, it, yeah, I'm not going to downplay it. You know, very well may mean that they are waking up frequently, that they're having really short naps, that they are really all intents and purposes, not really sleeping very much at nighttime. But that doesn't just mean that that's forever how it is, <laughs> you know, that the, your child is capable of having that good sleep, right? Um, that stems somewhere though, you know, when you say- yeah. Maybe, maybe for, for them. Yeah. It kind of feels that way. But I also feel like when a family is triggered to say that they have a bad sleeper, there's a comparison somewhere. There's a lot of stigmas around it. And I, and I think that where, what we always say, right, Mika is we're always like, okay, well, honestly, you guys, if what you're doing right now is working for you, that is great. 
So even though, let's say I have a baby, right, who is eight months old, who is waking up three times a night, you know, that's really actually working okay for me. But then I have a friend who is sleeping through the night telling me that I have a bad sleeper or that I, you know, they can't believe that I'm waking up in that long, uh, that many times in the middle of the night. I think there's also just a little bit of like a kind of, I don't want to say peer pressure, but there is like, there's a lot that's talked about around you um, regarding how much child, how much sleep your child should be getting, right? I mean, there's, there's, yeah, there's talk, there's peer pressure, but, but honestly, nothing online is going to help you determine that yeah. you, you're going to feel like you have a, a good sleeper. And so I, I, I did just want to pause there first before mm-hmm. we get into the how around it and really just focus. Sure. On the mentality first. So I was on a discovery call today. Okay. And in the family, you know, didn't have an uncommon story, right? We hear it all the time. Baby was sleeping pretty decently in the first trimester, mm-hmm. then started all of a sudden waking every hour, every two hours out of pure survival. Family started co-sleeping, co-sleeping for the second half of the night, turned into the whole night, turned mm-hmm. Every single nap is either a contact nap or in a stroller. And now baby is 14 months old and honestly has never at this point slept in their own crib. And at the end of the discovery call, when I mentioned, you know, this is our approach, there Mm -hmm. is an approach that's going to match your child. Dad actually said, you know, it's just really hard because we have a neighbor across the street who, <laughs> um, my sister has a baby and they just keep telling us that, you know, their, their children sleep. And so ours must be getting better, but ours is older. And why are yeah. they, oh my gosh, I must have a bad sleeper. And yeah, comparison is so counterintuitive and, and it's very draining. It's so, so draining. So, so draining. And it, and that to kind of go back to a little bit to what you were saying, what I was saying too, is like, it should start with you, right? Like where you are, if you are in a place where you are feeling like something isn't working, then yeah, totally. We can definitely figure it out. But don't feel like you have to make a change or feel like you have a bad sleeper because of what's going on around you, what your neighbors are saying, right? Or what you're seeing on Instagram or, you know, all of those things at the end of the day, you're the parent and it goes to you. And if if you're not feeling like things are bad, then that's okay. <laughs> you know, it may not be bad for you. You know what I mean, Mika? Um, yeah. well, let's flip it now. Okay. okay. So, that. so now, now, now we've got maybe a parent that's like, okay, no, I feel pretty bad. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is not sustainable. This is not uh, yeah, working out. <laughs> someone else has made me feel super guilty. But now that I think about it, I'm super sleep deprived. But like, I'm convinced that I have a bad sleeper. So, you know, what, what can they do? What happens? What happens if they've exhausted all solutions or options? Well, if they've exhausted all solutions, I mean, that's, that's definitely where, you know, it's okay to just seek out a little bit of assistance, right? To help you with that with somebody like ourselves, right? But we talk a lot about how we talk about bedtime, nighttime, but so much of where sleep starts and that consistency is during the daytime. And so what we really want to help you find is 
that sleep pressure balance. So helping your child set them up for success so that they can have that need and the desire in their brain to go to sleep, but also to stay asleep. Okay. You know, when, when parents have said like, you know, I've tried this, 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 and this, that's where it takes me and say, okay, well, let's actually like step back for a moment, right? You know, what not only have you tried, but of those things, what at any point were they beneficial? Did it work at some point? Did it not work? And then really dive into every single component to really figure out those needed pieces. You know, we always say to definitely always be in consultation with your pediatrician um, as you are going through this process as well, because, you know, they're obviously a good resource as well outside of, you know, us as sleep coaches. But I mean, that's, I guess, where I always start is let's actually take a step back and actually look at each one of those components to figure out where is the missing piece, right? What about for you? Kind of where, where, what would you say to everyone's like, well, I've done everything. Well, so our, our philosophy is where I go back to when we think about what sleep is. So for those of you who have been listening to our podcast, we always say that sleep is like cake, but the thing is everyone's sleep cake looks different. Mm-hmm. So it, there isn't one cake for every single child. Your yeah. one child is going to have very specific ingredients that is going to make their sleep cake and it's not going to look the same. So when I hear that and I hear, you know, we expanded all options already. The first thing I think of is, well, first of all, let's dive into the data and let's figure out what's not worked because guess what? Mm-hmm. There are a lot of other options and a lot of other combinations, and it is impacted by things like environment, by what the sleep schedule looks like, and not just naps, not just Mm -hmm. times, but what's your variance in the day? uh, What's your variance at bedtime? Um, Two, you know, how are we guiding our children to realize they can fall asleep on their own. Because as you know, our philosophy is they can innately fall asleep on their own. It's about routine and whether they they feel comfortable and safe that they can fall asleep on their own. And so those all together combine in different ways. They need to be a different mm-hmm based on the child. And so we need to dive in specifically for each of those to figure out there is a way. And I don't think we've ever not found a way. (laughs) We haven't. Well, and I think that it it really goes back to to our philosophy. And we talk a lot about this within our program, but this is something that really anybody can do is that you know, yes, you can Google. You can. We always talk. We talk about this in our webinar. We where you can Google and look for schedules, and you know, go by certain specific wake windows. But what we really want to help you find is what your child's internal sleep clock, sleep patterns want to do, and actually try to align your daytime schedule and routine to that. A lot of times where parents have not been successful is when they do try to push them into a certain schedule or routine that's either not working for them or one that they're not ready for. And so that really is, is the basis (laughs) where we can really help all, all parents, um, to, to find that. And, and a lot of times is actually the secret to (laughs) getting a just more consistent sleep as well within that. So 
I don't know. It just, it's a lot. <laughs> Mika, it, it's, you know, we talked, I know we talked about parent guilt and mom guilt in another episode, but it, it really can feel just very overwhelming. And really, especially when you're sleep deprived, even know where to start. Right. So easy to, to think as sleep too is really one dimensional because that's how it's communicated. One from even pediatricians, right? Hey, just sleep trainer. Oh, your child is not ready to sleep train. Yeah. They're thinking about sleep in a pretty one-dimensional way. And then when we read things online, it's in a one-dimensional way. And it feels like it's supposed to be straightforward. Apply a nap schedule and then sleep train. And mm-hmm. then you are supposed to get X, Y, Z. And so when you think you have one plus two, and then you get four or you get zero, it can feel really bad. Defeating. Like, you know, I did, I did what that told me to do. Now so what actually, do I do? This is a good example. This is a good example. Yeah. So we've had a client, and I don't know if you remember this, Chelsea, where they mentioned that and they said, look, this is kind of our last option here. And we have tried sleep training, right? Again, loosely defined. Mm -hmm. We've tried sleep training. Um, It didn't work or it worked partially, I think, in this situation. Like baby falls asleep independently 50% of the time. 50% of the time. I remember remember this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And and our schedule is really good. Mm -hmm. We pretty much wake up pretty consistently between 6 and 6.30. Bedtime we have packed down. It's it's really pretty much anywhere between seven and eight. Yeah. And they take really, really good naps in the day, but night is just bad. So I really don't think it's our schedule. <laughs> Respond to that, Chelsea. <laughs> um, well, this is where um, you know, for all okay, because I think that sometimes like our definition of consistent is a little bit different <laughs> than than others, and that is okay. Um, but you know, I will say this. Unfortunately, with infant sleep, even like 15 minutes of variation can cause some difference in your child's sleep pressure. Again, that feeling that your child has to go to sleep, but also to stay asleep. And also in connection with that, as crazy it sounds, but your child's sleep today is affected by what happened 48 hours before. So, you know, when you kind of think about it, even though to us as adults, you know, 30 minutes here, an hour there sounds like really not that much to a little baby's body, that's actually a lot. Um, And that can and often does cause some hiccups in your child's sleep is <laughs> the best way I can describe it. It's got to hiccups, little small challenges. And so one of the first things that you should and can really do is to look at where's your child when I should say on average, what time is your child waking? And then based off of that time, we want to keep it consistent. And what we mean by that is almost exact. <laughs> so, you know, if they're waking between 6.30 and 7, that means I would have a target of 6.15 every single day. Mika, wake them up if they're not awake at 6.15 and then make sure that first nap time is the same each day as well. So that's um, an example though, right? So I think yeah. the biggest takeaway from that is when, when Chelsea and I hear that, and maybe you have heard yourself say that 
is that even in that situation where you feel like oh, my schedule's pretty good, there's actually some pretty a lot of variances within yeah. that. There's key details and actually approaches that we can do to even close the gap on your schedule for the day. Yeah. That makes a really big difference. And Chelsea even said something, just think about yourself. Let's say you had a really bad night of sleep. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, sometimes I know we're not old, but sometimes I feel like I'm old. I feel um, like I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, it's eight o'clock. I got to go to bed. <laughs> I have a couple years before you, but I'm really impacted by sleep. So I, if I have a really bad night and I pretend like I am, you know, in my late twenties again and try to stay up with friends, I, it's, I can have a, I could sleep in the next day and guess what? I don't feel good still. And I'm not talking about drinking. I'm talking about <laughs> just like, yeah, me two to three days of consistency to kind of regain my disruption from that day. So, right. so there, yeah, there's, there's things that you can dive into other things that I would look at in that situation. And we did look in that situation is again, sleep training is, is loose. So, you know, how were we responding to baby? Mm-hmm. You know, there are things called loose associations, which maybe we should talk about in a future podcast. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so there are things. So don't lose hope and feel like I've expended everything. There are just so many. There's, I swear, a million different combination of things that we can do. And the detective work that Chelsea mentioned is let's find what matches and works for your baby and works for you. And And I don't want that, but that can sound really overwhelming. Um, But so I don't want you to think that when you begin this process, or if if you choose to begin this process, first of all, (laughs) that it is going to be these millions upon millions upon millions of things to try. That's not what we want to do. And that's formula. Yeah, there is. Yeah. What it is, I guess. That's a good point. Like there is. It's not like we're going to go through the million ones and figure it out. Like there is actually a way. And that's a lot to put you through. And that's a lot to put your baby through, to be honest. And so it is, it is very much a formula. (laughs) It is very like A, B, C, you get D, right? And so, but I guess what I'm just trying to say is that can be sounding very daunting. So I don't want you to think that it is going to be a very extended process because that's not it. You know, when working with us, I think what, I don't even know, Mika, how many clients we've worked with at this point, but I think we, we kind of started to have an eye for it, right? Like, oh, there it is. <laughs> you know, that's the thing. Um, and it, it's pretty quick to remediate after that. So, and, and you know, I think too, One thing I always say to every single one of our families, I know you say it in your own way too, is that don't lose, yes, faith that your child's a bad sleeper, but don't lose confidence in your child. You know, your child is very capable. um, And we always say having confidence in your child is a self-fulfilling prophecy. (laughs) So I even had this... um, this actually a client that I'm working with right now, Mika, and she was so funny. I just like talking to her just makes me crack up, but she's always like, Oh, I know. I know it's not her. I know it's me. <laughs> like, I know, I know it's me. Um, and not to say that, you know, if you're listening to this, uh, it's necessarily the, the case, but just know that your child is capable and it really is just a matter of finding that balance and staying consistent and also just, just finding, you know, those puzzle pieces there for them. So 
so. that works for them that meets them where we they are. I mean, that's yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we do something at this podcast every time. And that is where we give you three specific sleep tips at the end of each episode. So these are our rested mama's talk sleep tips. So today is, um, you know, all about, I have a bad sleeper, what we think about. So our first one is, and we've kind of already said it, but don't lose hope. Okay. Even if you have a toddler, if you have a 13 month old, if you have a six month old, better sleep is always possible. Okay. It's really just a matter of examining your child's ingredients and puzzle pieces and giving their schedule. And then also any possible things like lingering sleep associations, which we should Mika, make this our next podcast. Actually, now that more we're talking about it, what is our number two? Our number two is a disrupted sleep pattern. So whatever it is you are feeling right now, there is an opportunity to match something that meets your child. So don't, I mean, it's, it's kind of a, a support for the first one, right? Don't, don't lose hope. Something is possible. And then the, what is possible is there is going to be something and an approach that can match your child specifically. Just because one method didn't work, that doesn't mean that no methods are going to work. There is, there is something. And And know too, that like, even us, like we're not so like, yes, do we have our formula? Do do we have our approach that hundred percent works? But no, we also are, are very um, familiar with all approaches too. And so that's something that we, we talk a lot about with our clients as well. Um, Even just, we were talking about it recently with one, just like, okay, well, how can we tailor that to more match your needs too? So, um, and then the last one is no comparing for me. As a first-time mom, this was the hardest thing to do. And it is easier said than done. (laughs) But at the end of the day, really try your very best not to compare. You know, yes, is is sleep related and is one child's sleep similar to another child's sleep? Yes. But, you know, comparing your child's sleep to others is just really counterproductive um, within your specific sleep journey and your child's specific sleep journey. You know, we have worked with, I don't hundreds of clients. I kind of want to know the number, by the way, Mika. I kind of want to know how many clients we worked with. But And honestly, yes, are there similarities? But there is always something that is slightly different from each child to each child. So it, they're really, it, it's not productive to try to compare because they're, you know, that's just not where your child's at. And that's okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for listening to, yes, another Rest of Mama's Talk. We are going to be back next time. We would love to hear from you. Um, and that if you have any topics that we would like to, that you would like us to talk about, feel free to let us know. Find us on Instagram. Feel free to post and, you know, chat with us. We really do. I mean, we love to talk about stuff in general. <laughs> We love to chat. chat. (laughs) Um, Awesome. But we're seriously, you guys, we want to make sure that this podcast is is serving you and your needs and where you guys are at. So let us know. Instagram. Love it. Um, Thank you so much, Mika. My best friend. I appreciate your time. (laughs) Okay. All right, guys. Stay rested and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Rested Mamas Talk. To stay connected and get more sleep tips from us, follow us on our Instagram page at rested underscore mama underscore happy underscore baby. To find out how we're helping families around the world get better sleep, check out our website, restedmamahappybaby.com or chat with us directly to learn more about our programs. Chat with you next time.